Good morning. This is the February 13th episode of the Daily Wrestling News Show, where we're on a mission to teach, learn, and remember the history of professional wrestling with everyone who wants to join us. I'm John, and on today's episode, we ask, what made an episode of Raw so very special on this day in 1997? Well, for starters, this was the second ever edition of Raw. It was two hours long. When I was pulling together info for episode 118 back in January to talk about the 1993 debut of Monday Night Raw, I had totally forgotten that the show started out as a one-hour affair. And as I was researching today's topic, I was surprised to be reminded that it took more than four years for Raw to be extended to a second hour in February of 1997, in an attempt to hold off the surging momentum of WCW Monday Nitro. But the second time something happens, well, that's not terribly special. So that's not our topic for today. What if I said this edition of Raw from the Memorial Auditorium in Lowell, Mass, aired live on what was being dubbed Thursday Raw Thursday? Can't you just hear the drum intro in your head? Okay, that's a bit special for the time, but it was neither the first nor the last time that Raw would be moved, delayed, or preempted entirely for the airing of the all-important Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show. I'm a huge fan of dogs, but I never did understand why the pooches couldn't just strut their stuff on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Anyway, and Thursdays would become the home of many, many editions of SmackDown, so Thursday Night Wrestling isn't all that special, so that can't be it. Oh, I know what it must be. In the opening bout of the evening, a 24-year-old Rocky Maivia beat Hunter Hearst Helmsley with the Raw Roll-Up to become the youngest intercontinental champion in WWF history. There's no denying that was a pretty darn special moment. So special, in fact, that it brought the honky-tonk man to the announce desk to lend his perspective as the longest reigning intercontinental champion of all time. But nope, even that's not the special moment I'm alluding to. No, it was during that opening match that Jim Ross would announce to the TV audience that it would be an emotional night for all of us. Because later in the evening, WWF President Gorilla Monsoon would be on hand to accept the WWF Championship from Shawn Michaels. Michaels was originally set to defend the title against Psycho Sid on that broadcast, but we found out early in the show he would instead be relinquishing the title. Now, Michaels losing a title without actually being pinned and putting over the new champion was no new thing. So for the sake of clarity, let me break it down a bit. This was not the time in October of 1990 when the Rockers would beat the Hart Foundation for the tag titles in a two out of three falls contest. The four superstars did their best to work around the fact that a ring rope broke and the audience saw the Rockers beat the Hart Foundation cleanly. But Vince decided he didn't want his up and coming Golden Boys first major title win to be overshadowed by a broken ring rope, so the titles were handed back to the Hart Foundation and the title change was never acknowledged on TV. This wasn't the time in September of 1993 that Sean was stripped of the Intercontinental Championship. On TV, it was portrayed as him losing the title due to an unwillingness to defend it, but in actuality, it was punishment for a failed drug test. This was not the time in November of 1994 when he vacated the tag titles due to a storyline breakup of his partnership with Diesel or the time in September of 1995 when those two were stripped of the tag titles again for storyline purposes. Nor was it the time in October of 1995 
when he forfeited the Intercontinental Championship directly to Dean Douglas after Sean's behavior in a Syracuse bar led to him getting the shit kicked out of him by a Marine. Sean's punishment for his public bad behavior? Some time off to heal his wounds and a return just in time to win the Royal Rumble. This wasn't even the only time Sean would hand over a title in the year 1997. In June of that year, Sean was stripped of the tag titles he held at the time with Stone Cold when another real-life brawl, this time right in the WWF's backstage area with Bret Hart, put his future in the company in question. Luckily for Sean, Vince McMahon chose youth and bad behavior over Bret's impending raise in salary. Nope, this wasn't any of those other six times Shawn Michaels would taste the thrill of championship victory then have the title pass to the next champion without Sean putting them over. This was the big one, though. This was the WWF World Heavyweight Championship, and Sean was simply giving up the title. The reason? Sean had a terrible knee injury, and a doctor told him he should never wrestle again. The truth? Sean was scheduled to drop the title to Bret Hart at WrestleMania 13 in March, and he was having none of it. Hell, he had just dropped the title to Sid in November, only to win it back two months later at the Rumble, but the Heartbreak Kid wasn't going to, in turn, pass along the title barely two months later. That kind of crap was for peons. So instead, Sean appeared on Raw in Massachusetts on this day in wrestling history, February the 13th, 1997, and explained how he didn't feel he could say no to the rigorous schedule of the WWF Champion but that the schedule had taken a toll on him, both physically and mentally. Over the last several months, he had lost a lot of things, and one of them, famously, was his smile. Blech. He didn't care if his decision was unpopular. <laughs> no shit, Sean. He didn't care if people wanted to make fun of him because he was an emotional guy. He squeezed out a few crocodile tears, thanked and hugged Vinnie Mac and Gorilla Monsoon, and he headed home to fix his body and mind. In truth, the doctor who told Sean he should never wrestle again was a general practitioner. And to be fair, the x-ray, MRI, and CAT scan results of just about any professional wrestler would be enough to make a run-of-the-mill doctor tell this athlete, please stop doing these things to your body. But then Sean went to see Dr. Andrews, who specialized in athletes from all sports and sports entertainment, and what do you know? He was back on Raw barely a month later, having successfully avoided having to do the pesky J-O-B for the world title and about to embark on an angle that would see him play a major role in the most famous wrestling storyline of all time. Also of note, Sean is the fourth ever Triple Crown Champion in WWE history and the first ever Grand Slam Champion. Ironically, with this relinquishment of the world title, he became the first Triple Crown forfeit champion as well. And if this whole presentation today kind of feels like a hit piece on old HBK to you, let me take you for a peek behind the curtains here at the Daily Wrestling News Show and tell you just how goddamn right you are. When Ryan and I set out to create these little ditties for your enjoyment, starting with moments in August, one of the first things Ryan said to me was to make a list of any topics right off the top of my head that I wanted to cover no matter what the date, and we would work them into the calendar way ahead of time. I wrote down five moments immediately without any mental effort. 
three very memorable events that I was actually in the building for, and two of my personal favorite moments that jumped into my head instantly. One of those moments that I was not present for but can't help giggling every time I think of it was at the tippy top of the list. Three words. Festival of Friendship. It was literally the first story I thought to myself I had to have my say about. So when I sat down to plan out the month of February, I was 99% sure that I knew on the 13th I'd be talking about Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens. But I perused the web just to make sure I wasn't missing something monumental. And that's when I saw it. Sean loses his smile. And as if Palpatine himself whispered in my ear, let the hate flow through you. I knew that the festival of friendship would have to wait for another day. I simply had to come here, fight my every instinct for verbosity, and try my damnedest to exemplify once again just what a piece of shit Shawn Michaels circa 1997 was, and hopefully do it in under 2,500 words. So before I talk your ear off for another 30 minutes or so on the topic, which trust me I could, I'll simply leave it at that and thank you all for indulging me. Well, that's our show for today. The Daily Wrestling News Show is a Minutes to Bell Time production. Learn more at minutestobelltime.com. This episode was written by John DeConti. Subscribe to the Daily Wrestling News Show on your podcast player of choice and join us in the Daily Wrestling News Show Facebook group.